It's December the 12th, and you're listening to our audio Advent countdown. Today we are looking back in the book of Luke, all the way in chapter 3, at probably the least Christmassy passage you've ever heard in your life. That is the genealogy listed here, which we believe is likely through Mary. It's distinct from the one in the book of Matthew. It goes well beyond Abraham, and there may be some really significant theological things to consider. So stick around, and you will see why this passage actually is significant when we consider the story of the birth of Jesus. Luke 3, beginning in verse 23 As he began his ministry, Jesus was about 30 years old and was thought to be the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mephat, son of Levi, son of Melchi, son of Jani, son of Joseph, son of Matthias, son of Amos, son of Nahum, son of Esli, son of Nagai, son of Maath, son of Matthias, son of Simeon, son of Joshek, son of Jodah, son of Jonan, son of Resha, son of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, son of Neri, son of Melchi, son of Adai, son of Kosam, son of Elmadam, son of Ur, son of Joshua, son of Eleazar, son of Jorim, son of Methat, son of Levi, son of Simeon, son of Judah, son of Joseph, son of Jonam, son of Eliakim, son of Melia, son of Minna, son of Metatha, son of Nathan, son of David, son of Jesse, son of Obed, son of Boaz, son of Salmon, son of Neshon, son of Aminadab, son of Ram, son of Hezron, son of Perez, son of Judah, son of Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham, son of Terah, son of Nahor, son of Serug, son of Reu, son of Peleg, son of Eber, son of Shelah, son of Canaan, son of Arphaxad, son of Shem, son of Noah, son of Lamech, son of Methuselah, son of Enoch, son of Yared, son of Mahaliel, son of Canaan, son of Enos, son of Seth, son of Adam, son of God. Wow. It's hard to believe that the entire lineage from Adam all the way to Jesus could be read in just a couple of minutes. Now, granted, it was difficult, and I'm sure, again, I've mispronounced many names, Now, just make a couple of quick observations right off the bat. The word son is not there in the original language. It really just says of this person, of that person, which could be thought to be son or grandson, or in some cases, even great-grandson. It's not, again, so important that you get every person's name, but that you get the right trail. That's what matters. And it looks like Luke's genealogy, believe it or not, goes through Mary and not Joseph. Now, you might be thinking, wait a second, Adam, you read that Jesus was thought to be the son of Joseph. Okay, now Luke also pointed out that he wasn't the biological son of Joseph. So he says he was thought to be the son, just meaning that Joseph brought him into his family and was considered Jesus' father. But then it goes on to say that Joseph was the son of Heli. But what we might put in here is son-in-law of Heli. We know in many ancient families 
that when people got married, the families essentially got married as well. But there are many reasons to consider that this is actually the genealogy of Mary. Let's look at a couple of them. First, Luke says at the beginning of his gospel, in the very first part of chapter 1, that he went to try and ascertain the veracity of the claims of Christians regarding Jesus. And Luke apparently went to interview eyewitnesses. Well, where did Luke come from? Luke was a physician, a historian. He apparently met Paul somewhere on Paul's second missionary journey and became Paul's private doctor. He also was converted to becoming a believer in Christ and at some point went back to Jerusalem and surrounding area to interview these eyewitnesses so that he could get a detailed historical account of all of the events surrounding this person, Jesus. Now, here are some things we can reasonably assume. If Mary was alive at the time that Luke was searching for these eyewitnesses, you can pretty much guarantee that he would certainly have sought her out. She would have been the most important eyewitness of all. Now, in his gospel, Luke includes specific stories that the other gospel writers don't record. And these events would not have been shared generally by the apostles or some of them even known by the apostles. For example, we're talking about things like the circumcision and dedication of Jesus as a baby. Only Luke records that. Or the events about Mary visiting Zechariah and Elizabeth. Or the story of 12-year-old Jesus in the temple. Or even just the very detailed account of the birth narrative itself. These internal clues point to a likeliness that Luke did indeed meet and talk with Mary. And if he did, it's also likely that this genealogy would have been given to him by her. So this would indicate then a proper translation would be something like son-in-law at the beginning of that list. We'll make a quick note about a name in the list, and then we'll take it as a whole, going all the way back to the beginning, to Adam himself. You might have noticed that both of the lists in Matthew and Luke go back directly to David. But in Matthew's gospel, it goes through a son of David, the one named Solomon. But here in Luke, it goes through a different son of David. His name is Nathan. Now, David had many sons, but only one of them could be king. And at the end of David's life, it was chosen that Solomon would be the one to take the throne. So then from Solomon came Rehoboam and so many others, passing down through eventually to one of the last kings there named Jeconiah, who received in himself a curse because he was so wicked. And then God basically abandoned his lineage, putting a curse on his descendants. So this enigma, this mystery would arise later. As rabbis would try to unpack how it could be that a son of David could sit on the throne if all the descendants of Jeconiah would be cursed. Well, obviously, it must come through a different son of David, not Solomon. It'd have to come through someone like, you say, Nathan. But being a son of Nathan wouldn't necessarily guarantee that you would be able to be an heir. So the crazy solution here, the most unpredictable one, is that of the virgin birth itself. Jesus, being the legal son of Joseph, would inherit the right as an heir to the throne, but then as a blood relative of Nathan, he would be a true son of David. Now let's just think about how that this list goes all the way back to Adam. What does it mean? I think this may be the only list in existence that goes from the first century back through 4,000 years of history unbroken. Although to be fair, this list would be identical to Matthew's list from Abraham backwards, but Matthew's list stops at Abraham. 
Nevertheless, this is actually a very special document. Now, why did Luke make the effort to list all those names back to Adam? Because once you can trace it back to a son of Jacob, really anyone could just go back to the book of Genesis and get the rest of the names. You can do it yourself. Well, there's a couple things to consider. One is that the book of Genesis wasn't freely available. And these Christian documents weren't circulating with the Old Testament in one binding. But there's also a theological reason. It's been observed that Luke, more than the others, is concerned with displaying the identity of Jesus as a perfect man, or the perfect man. By connecting Jesus directly to Adam, we can see that the early Christian belief was not that Jesus was a ghostly, floating avatar. This concept was a Greek Gnostic development that had already begun infiltrating churches. So you can see John later in his letter writing, Anyone who doesn't acknowledge that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, he is of the Antichrist. On the contrary, Luke establishes the flesh and bloodness of Jesus, as well as tying him to a fulfillment of an Adamic prophecy. In other words, Jesus is the true second Adam. Born without sin, the Son of God, and undoing all of the curse that Adam brought about. This Jesus is the new federal head. And now all those who are in Christ, as opposed to in Adam, are new creations. Personally, I think one of the most awe-inspiring truths about Jesus is that so many unique, independent, and significant theological motifs can all converge harmoniously on one person. It is truly astounding. And this person wants to meet up. So what are you waiting for?